Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is our latest episode of Behind the Wheels Podcast. I am your host, DJ Artistic. I am a DJ based in Los Angeles, California, but I might be in your hometown soon, so, you know, stay tuned. Let me introduce you all to my co-host, EB. EB, what's good? What's going on, everybody? I am EB, the musicologist. I'm a writer, blogger, and a content creator out of Brooklyn. I am the mayor of blackness and in love with everything soul. That's the mayor right there, y'all. So this is Behind the Wheels Podcast. We talk about everything relating to black music. That's past, present, and future. So let's get into it. So the the, the latest thing, I mean, the main hottest topic we've been talking about is justice was finally served. It looks like they gave that bald head dude from Chicago um, who made a couple albums that we used to listen to, um, you know, they gave him a hundred. They didn't give him anything yet. He's facing. They didn't give him anything, say. but he's facing up to hundred. He's facing up to hundred years. Yeah. So basically, he was convicted. He was convicted finally for everything from conspiracy to I don't even know all the charges, but it's probably even more stuff he didn't get convicted of that he, that he should have years ago. Mm-hmm. Either way, justice has been served. It looks like he's gonna be singing "Same Girl" in his in his. Uh, Bunk mate soon. Uh, I mean, and and, may, and maybe he maybe he maybe he is the same. Good. He's still facing way. charges in two states, so he does still have to go to court for other things. Yeah. But right as of now, he's been convicted. He is the same girl singing about the same girl. That's what it is now. So here's my question: Just as a as a music head, music fan, and as a DJ, most of us have canceled R. Kelly. There's still some folks who do play certain songs. A lot of folks have little stipulations. I know some folks who will say they'll play Step in the Name of Love because it's like a positive. It's nothing about sex, but if it's anything sexual, they'll, they won't play it. I don't agree with that, but it does get tricky when it comes to songs he wrote and produced or songs with his ad-libs. So when it comes to like back and forth, like should we cancel back and forth? Because that's a Leah song. And it's like, that's kind of hurting her legacy, possibly if we're not playing it. But at the same time, does she even... Would she even want that to be part of her legacy, to be associated with him? It's, it gets complicated when it comes to I mean, certain songs, the changing faces, the stroke yeah, ups. And the, I mean, but it's it's almost like if you think of somebody like Rick James who, um, you know, went actually went to prison, but, you know, has kidnapped, raped, tortured a woman. <laughs> but you're not going to yeah. stop playing the Mary Jane Girls all night long. You're not going to stop listening yeah. to Super Freak because that happened then. I think with R. Kelly... It's it's not as complicated as people try to make it seem either. Like people talking about, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we can listen to "Step in the Name of Love" or "I Believe I Can Fly" because he's not talking yeah. about. But those are not even good songs. Like I could see if it was a good song that he wrote that made you do that, but that "Step in the Name of Love" is not a great song. And I know people will you know talk about, oh well, you know he wrote for like Maxwell. He's written for Selena Johnson. I'm not stopping listening to any of that stuff unless the lyrics are explicitly saying that he's sleeping with underage girls or abusing somebody. I'm not going to stop listening to those. But then again, it has to be a song great enough for me to want to continue listening in 2021. Like when was the last time R. Kelly released an album? I don't know. I probably like 2013 or 14 but even the people that he's written for most of them have stopped performing those songs anyway now they're not even Hmm. entertaining the mess because it's attached to him so if the artist has stopped performing the song why are you as a regular person as a fan still holding on to oh i'm still gonna listen to this song because 
R. Kelly wrote it and I get it, but it don't have nothing to do with it. If the artists don't care about it, then why do you? It's tricky. I feel like every artist, I remember when B2K was saying it, because right when they had Millennium Tour is right when um, Surviving R. Kelly came out. Real. And I know that they, I think Omarion or someone had said that they're going to stop performing uh, the songs he wrote, but two of their biggest four or five songs were written by R. Kelly, like Bump, Bump, Bump with I, him. So it's like... I mean, but it's different with like a B2K, because yeah. if you only got five songs and if two of the five yeah. are him, yeah. but uh, it's like the legacy acts, like there are people like the Maxwells, you know, like the Mary J. Blige's who have had songs yeah. written by R. Kelly, but you got a whole catalog of other stuff. Somebody so like a B2K, you yeah. kind of don't have a choice because <laughs> the only songs you have are the <laughs> R. Kelly songs and the only songs people yeah. know. So I guess it's yeah. different in that respect. You have a point. Yeah, so it gets tricky. But overall, I'm just happy that justice was served. And I mean, one thing that's probably not possible, but I just wish it was a way to somehow say that whatever money he gets from streams, because he still has people who can listen to his music, I just wish that, that that money could somehow be funneled to the the victims and the families. I, I mean, wish that because yeah. somehow have a maybe lawyer, it could happen. Have maybe. a lawyer yeah. do that so that any money that he gets from streaming goes to like an abused women's shelter or yeah. victim of sexual abuse. Have it do something like that. And if you yeah. are one of those people who still wants to listen to R. Kelly, let me give you just a quick tip. Do it on YouTube where he <laughs> won't get paid for it. Well, none of that money benefits him. True. Don't do it on Spotify or Tidal or any of the other streaming networks where they pay him. But did you actually look at, um, if you Google R. Kelly's net worth, have you done that? Nah. It is at negative two million at this point. <laughs> negative so, two. Whatever, is it really? It, no, it really is. So whatever oh, wow. money he does make, oh, that's lit. It's still gonna be negative. That's lit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was lit. Whatever money, I mean, best case he can get some new toothbrushes or something. I guess so. <laughs> Commissary. That's what it is. Commissary. That's about it. So, yeah. So uh, let's get into it. So the first topic we have is our rewind segment. With our rewind, we like to highlight artists and give them their roses. You know. Whether they're here or not with us, we always want to give respect to everybody who's paved the way and those artists that may or may not receive just do. So for this episode, EB, who would you like to highlight? I got to highlight um, one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, out of Buffalo, New York, uh, just like Rick James. Um, it is the man who wants to show you how your pussy works. Oh, oh, my it man. It is Mr. My Brian man. McKnight. <laughs> and hey, even though that was a misstep in his career, I think Brian I has <laughs> an amazing body of work. I think he's always done amazing work. Um, I actually didn't know this before uh, maybe a couple of days ago, but he leads. Well, he doesn't lead. He's third in the number of Grammy nominations with no win. So Brian McKnight has had oh, wow. 16 Grammy nominations, but he's never won. And people will know That's him crazy. from songs like One Last Cry and Crazy Love and Anytime and Back at One. And of course, the holiday song to end all holiday songs, Let It Snow with Boys to Men. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Brian McKnight is so Vicious. much more like he's a pianist and he's a singer. He's a writer. And he's a composer. He is the younger brother of Claude um, from Take, Take Six. Take Six. Which yeah. is actually, you know. He couldn't be in Take Six because he was too young at the time. But his talent was so big that he got his own record deal. He secured that for himself. And out of the 16 albums that he's released between 1992 and 2020, again, 16 albums between 1992 and 2020, four of those have reached the top 10 on the Billboard 200. <laughs> and 
he is absolutely one of my favorites. I remember the episode of Martin when Martin proposed to Gina and had Brian McKnight Man. singing. Like, you know, he's he's been a part of those Huge. Never felt this way. Yeah, Man. those huge pop culture moments. Alicia Keys remade that song, so it was always a big mm. thing. But songs you should check out. Everybody will tell you to check out all the basic songs, but I'm going to tell you right now. Hold Me is a song that you want to check out. You Should Be Mine with Kelly Price mm. on those background vocals, and we're not even going to get into the Kelly Price situation right now. Mm. But mm. I know. You Should Be Mine, that's one of his best Find Myself in You. I think Tyler Perry used that in one of the Medea movies. And then um, The Love of My Life, which I've yeah, been to plenty fine. weddings when the bride has walked down the aisle to Love of My Life. And the last one is a little nasty. It, it's not quite Let Me Show You How Your Pussy Works, but <laughs> it's What's My Name. But and I, it's from his, yeah. his album called 10. And I'm not sure if that was his 10th album or if it was just called 10. But great song, right, What's My Name. So check those songs out. Brian Knight is definitely... Somebody who, even though he is my rewind, he's still releasing music. He's not going to stop. He's yeah. still doing his thing. Oh, for sure. With Brian, for one, he's HBCU too. They all Oakwood. Just like, you know, take six. So yeah. he's representing that way. And yeah, Brian. So one thing, here's one thing that hit me last year. So when I was always on Twitch playing late at night, I would have a Jamie Foxx set when I was just play all Jamie Foxx's skits, playing the piano, singing. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening. I'm like, his whole style came from Brian McKnight. His entire style. When it style. comes to him being on the piano the vocal, like the runs he was hitting, the chorus he was it's playing. Entirely. Like, his style came from Brian. It's entirely. I, never connected I think Brian McKnight yeah. debuted in 91 or 92. 90, yeah. And then Jamie Foxx was 93 or 94. So 94, everything he was doing. Yeah, everything he was doing was what was hot at the time. And Brian was what was hot. So yeah. even though Brian doesn't get the credit, he has influenced a lot of people and not just musically, like even. Comedians, like you said, the Jamie Foxx skits would be based yeah. around Brian McKnight's songs, you know, Stop. singing and playing the piano. So he, yep. he deserves a lot more than he's getting. I think what people, I, I don't know if they want, if they ignore about him or if it's just something they don't give him credit for. But as an R&B artist, it's hard to break into the industry where the Justin Timberlakes are becoming popular. You know, when you've been in the industry oh. for 10 plus years before they come in. And then, I mean, showing women how their pussy works is not really a great move to make as a veteran R&B artist, but at least they were women, (laughs) unlike R. Kelly, so at least they were women and not girls. They're grown adults. I I couldn't be mad. I I was mad, but I couldn't be mad. I loved it. I mean, to me, I guess it's my sense of humor. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was hilarious, but I was still mad. Twitter was so hilarious that night. It was was so many jokes about that. Yeah, like it, it was the best thing. The funny thing is, so talking about Jamie Foxx, it felt like that's something that Jamie would do. He would, it, he would exactly. make a song like that. Yeah, it almost seems so like, like a parody that somebody yeah. did of Brian McKnight, but you realize yeah, so that it was like. actually Brian McKnight, and you were like, "Yeah, aren't you the one last cry nigga? You talking about? Yeah. Let me show you how your pussy. Like yeah. nobody, yeah. nobody. I don't know nobody many women me. who want." Brian McKnight to show them anything about their anatomy, first of all. But <laughs> the ones that I do, some even of the then, aunties, they some, were, some of the bougie aunties. Even the bougie aunties, they were turned off at that point because they bougie aunties. At that point, and they yeah. was just like, yeah. no. That's like, true. At that point, the way he said it, yeah. The way he said yeah. it, yeah. He came out yeah. of his mouth wrong. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, even that song is as crazy and, and dumb as it was, lyrically. <laughs> The chords he played, I'm like, he's still playing some chords on Listen, here. Listen, it was a, it was a, it was honestly, still- <laughs> okay, let's be real. It was a great song. I don't yeah. want to admit that. It was a great song. But <laughs> the lyrics were what yeah. 
they they messed yeah they just it messed up the whole vibe but no the song like the the chords him sitting there singing live which many people can't do anymore um it was like no this is kind of great but you know the content was what turned people off i yeah it's rhyming night but as as he said he said like if he just made a song about anything else, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been viral. So he was they like, would, it to be viral exactly. on Twitter. It took, him, it, it took him doing that. To go it's viral. Like, I hate that it, that it Yeah, that. no. It's the same. I hate it. It's but, just like yeah. I was saying, like, he won't get the recognition that he deserves unless he's doing something to Outrageous, fit into sir. the society that we have right now. Or unless he says something out of the side of his mouth, out of the side of his neck, crazy, then people pay attention. But... On, in all honesty, like I said, he's released 16 albums between 1992 and 2020. He's always released quality music. All the time. I, it's funny, but it's also a little sad that it took Let Me Show You How that. Your Pussy Work for people to understand, like, oh, no, Brian is actually a great artist. He's, you know, yeah. one of the best that we have right now. Yeah, seriously. So, salute to Brian all day. So, for my uh, rewind today, it's a rapper named Domino. We so got to talk about this. Yeah, so look at so peep this. So a lot of folks who aren't, especially if you aren't from the West Coast or if you weren't, I'm not gonna say West Coast. I'm gonna say the Midwest for sure and the South, but peep it. So Domino was a rapper who came from Long Beach, California around 92-93. Initially he came from like the uh, back then they had these albums that were made uh after the, the peace treaty. Basically, the riots happened and we had these peace treaties that were like, okay, bloods and crips, y'all doing too much. So how about instead of killing each other in the streets? Do it in the studio so y'all could y'all could diss each other on these records. So he's on one of these banging on wax type albums. So that's that's something that's some straight hood local LA stuff. But he came out with a uh album that came out in '93, and he had two hit singles. Ghetto Jam was the number one rap single back in '93. And Ghetto Jam is one of those songs that if you were there in '93 to listen to it, you definitely remember no. it was a nationwide hit. It wasn't just a local hit. And with that, uh Ghetto Jam was actually the very first rap song. That was like all melody based. That was melodic to be number one. So looking at how rap is now, where every single rapper uses melody, Domino was the first one to make a song where the entire song was. It was that melodic rap style that is really the most common thing now. He was kind of the prototype for that because before '93, if you think about it, you rap. It was just every song was raps. It was bars. You would have an actual singer on the chorus. You might have like Jodeci on the uh, Father MC song. Right. You might have Heavy Deer, Grand Poopa, kind of like singing two or three bars, just kind of making fun of something, just like Biz Marquis would sing on the hook. Right. Domino, the entire song was melodic. Now it's his whole style. So at the time, some folks accused him of kind of biting Snoop because Snoop would do that sometimes. Snoop would have, you know, nothing but a G thing, baby. baby. Yeah. So like Domino's whole style came from what Snoop would do in that one moment, but it was like the entire song. So Ghetto Jam was a huge hit back in 93. That's back when I first got into music. That's the first thing I ever recorded from radio. I learned how to record like stuff in the radio from that one song being <laughs> out, and it was like, and we talk about '93 all the time. '93 was probably my favorite, one of, the, yeah. one of my favorite years. That's when there was all these hits from everybody, from Janet to Mariah. On the hip hop sides, you had everything from the Cubes to the Tribe Called Quest, the Wu Tang. But and back then, I didn't care where rappers were from. But this song just caught, you know, it caught my ear at the time. Produced by Battlecat, so his second single was called um, "Sweet Potato Pie." So some folks might remember that. Um, you know, um, you got hit that YouTube as soon as we finish. You might remember it. Sweet you might potato not. Potato pie. It was it was a banging song back then, and he he had those two super hits at the time that were they're actually big nationwide. BT, MTV, everybody played those back then, and from there he didn't really have a, a long sustained career. I think the fact that 
him and Snoop kind of had beef because of him taking Snoop's out and kind of evolving it, switching it up a little bit. The fact that Snoop was the biggest thing in the world in 93, it was hard to really, even though he had a number one at the time of, you know, during Snoop's peak, it was still where everybody's on Snoop's side. So it might've even been some behind the scenes where Snoop might've said, if I'm on a concert, you can't hire Domino. So a lot of behind the scenes stuff does happen. It happens They're from the same way. part of Long Beach, but yeah. the same part, but still different. So you know how that goes. So right. with that, he had a song a couple a couple years after that called Physical Funk. And it was definitely a cool track, but it wasn't the same magic as what he had with Ghetto Jam. But Ghetto Jam was just a straight barbecue, just a vibe. Like if you listen to that right now, even though it's 28 years old, you still you get it. It feels like a barbecue. It feels yeah. like a summer. It feels like a yeah. family reunion, honestly. For, yeah. for the cousins when they go off to the side and, you know, they're doing the extracurricular yeah. things. It feels like that. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. video is kind of slightly black and white a little bit, that weird monotone color with yeah. the shooting dice, everything. So it represents that era perfectly. But just want to highlight Domino because I feel like for, for the rap game now, everything is melodic. And we we always talk about Drake. Uh, we might talk about him, you know, later on. on the we might, episode. yeah. So we'll see about it. We might do that. But, yeah, it's like I feel like the way that hip-hop is turned so melody-driven and he was the only one to do it at that time, and nobody else until next thing was Bone. Bone came '94, right? So with that, their whole style was based on Melly. But before that, you had Domino with that, and he's the type that a lot of folks probably say, "Who is he?" And that's the reason I had to highlight him for this episode. Do you think that? Um, let me see if I get this right. If Snoop is to Domino as Biggie was to Kwame in terms of like. You know, nah, mm. I'm killing the career. Like this is not, not maybe not even intentionally, but this is the game is the game. Like I don't want you on my shows. I don't, I don't want you doing that form of rap or whatever you call what you're doing on my shows. You think that might have been like a similar situation right there? It was probably different, but because the funny thing with that Kwame and Biggie, uh, Kwame said he had never. <laughs> I don't think he ever met Biggie, or he I don't know, know what it no, was. He didn't know. He said Biggie. he he was in the he was in the club. He heard a song come on in the club. He nodded his head. He liked the song. Played out first. like Kwame and then fucking polka dots. And he's like, wait a minute, like what? Like, that's why am me. I, that's me. And he might have had him on that night. So he it's did. like he did. So he looked down at his outfit like, wait a damn, I gotta go home now. So it's like I don't know where it came from. All right, wait, all right. So, so it's not exactly the same. So it's different, but even still, I feel like because the thing is. Uh, Sweep Set of Pie. That was a, that was a big hit too. That was probably number seven, eight, uh, top top ten rap song okay. too at the time, and that was ninety four. And those two songs kind of came, and I feel like it could have just been because you know how the nineties was too. Rappers did come and go. A lot of rappers came and gave you a, a one piece, two piece, two quick hits. Yeah. Like LL Scratch was the same way in ninety four. Oh, they gave you a good two piece, them, and then man. they out I of love there. Both of them. I'll, t- I'll take yeah, her. So. You know, Brian McKnight. I'll, I'll take, take her. Brian McKnight. Yeah, that was right Brian there, McKnight. So yeah, I mean, speaking yeah, of. you you make a good point. I I guess at that point, at that time, rappers were like here today, gone tomorrow. Kind of like R and B stars yeah. today. Like you know, yeah. here's a hot single. Here's a here's an album, an EP, or whatever. And then you might not hear from me for years or ever again. Years and years. Yeah. So yeah. He, just like every other rapper, I don't know about New York, but for LA, I can tell you every rapper still raps if they're not in jail or they're not dead. <laughs> so every single rapper you heard about, I'm talking about AMG, Second to None, yeah. like High C, um, MC Ren, any rapper you ever heard of from the early 90s, they still perform, they still making money at these little clubs. Domino's still doing that too. So that's he's still actually, out there performing. That's actually yeah. dope. I love how hip hop. I respect that. I think that's, I mean, that's not just hip hop. I think that's all genres, but especially hip hop where. An artist will start out in a certain city or a certain region or coast, and they'll be yeah. local and then go big. But once that moment of uh, celebrity passes, when they're like nationwide, 
then yeah. they still come back have home. a core fan base and they still can perform. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. So salute to Brian McKnight and to Domino. So uh, let's flip that uh, and move into the fast forward segment. So for everyone listening, the fast forward segment, we like to highlight some artists who are making some waves, who have some buzz, some momentum right now that we think could be impactful in the future. So for this episode, EB, who would you like to highlight? I, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, it's Michael Kilgore. Um, man, li- listen, I did not know who this young man was um, before a couple months ago. And now I'm a, I'm sold as a fan. Uh, he's based out of Florida, or he's from Florida, yeah. moved and relocated to Nashville, Tennessee. So he has... Um, a, a very soulful R&B sound, but there's like that heart of country where it gets very sensitive, at, you know, in the music. Um, but he's done a lot. Even you might not recognize the name uh, yet, and I hope you will one day. But, you know, he's taken the Broadway by storm. You know, he's been in Motown, the musical, the Book of Mormon, yeah. Hair, the Wiz Live that was on ABC with Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige. And he's been in Jesus Christ Superstar. He is absolutely one of my favorite people right now. And I one of the first songs I heard, I heard his most recent song first, The Man in the Barbershop. And that song, it just speaks to me as a black gay man because it's like, that's something that we don't get to hear about our experiences because we are conditioned in a different way. But he made yeah. this song that's like so beautiful. It almost sounds like something Stevie Wonder would have written if Stevie Wonder was born in like, 1983 it almost sounds like that <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's a great song um he had a debut album in 2019 called a man born black and he really talked a lot in the album about you know his faith and the things that he's lost and just trying to make his way as a black man in america in you know 2019 he's actually made history because he is the first openly gay artist to receive a nomination in the best traditional R&B performance category at the Grammy. So no other openly gay artist has ever done that. And a black man we have doing that. He speaks so much truth to me. And I think his voice is almost like if you had somebody like a Donny Hathaway and a Peebo Bryson, but for a younger generation, because You know, he can switch octaves, you know, he can hit the falsetto, he can also go in his lower register. It's like really dope the way that he sings. It's like he's singing it as if he's telling a story. And I think that's something we don't get a lot of because everything is like straight to the point. But I really appreciate him for that. And, you know, again, for the LGBT, you know, ABC, MLQ, you know, MLK Jr., rest in peace, JLK, you, can, you know, whatever. You can say it. You can say it. I can't yeah, say it. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, listen, for any of that, because I still don't even know, but for any of that, it's like, because I actually did a did get a comment where someone was like, oh, you know, you're a gay man and you have a platform and you don't never put any of us on. But I am, and I've done that before on here, like I've we've featured artists who were LGBTQ plus or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I, I really think he's somebody who's, worth giving a chance and especially in the age where Lil Nas X has like <laughs> shattered the ceiling and he got success yeah. out of you know the yeah. ass it's like oh, okay right. here's somebody else who is singing and I know we've had like the Frank Oceans or whatever but it, this is a different level it um, is. it's it, a different yeah. level of vocal ability and skill you know in this age 
I just want to put that out there so people, the listeners can go and listen to him. And not just if you're LGBTQ either, like no matter what, like you can, like I talked, me and you was talking and you was like, you know who he is. Like anybody can listen to him. I just want to put him out there because I think he's definitely worthy of a fast forward. He's somebody to keep an eye on. I really want to see him go far. Oh, for sure. Like it's crazy that you mentioned him because I was thinking like, I don't know his episode, but I was definitely thinking, thinking about having it as my fast forward because I actually uh, met him and worked with him maybe three, four years ago. So my boy uh, who went to FAMU with me, Jamaris, has a birthday party in Tampa every year, and he had us both on the bill. I want to say it was three years ago because, yeah, he went to FSU. So I'm FAMU, yeah. of course. The FSU was right next to FAMU. So right. all his friends went to FAMU, and we've been friends on Instagram for for years and everything. So with him... They sent him at the Met Gala alone just, last week was just like, oh, he's out here, out here. Like, he's out here he out making here. waves, getting that, that impact. And he's like you said, with his here. vocal style, yeah. Like, his vocal style, I feel like it's, it reminds you of the past, but it still has something so modern about it. Like, the yeah. way he uses it, the the type of uh, production that he uses as well is so modern. So, it's, it's, it's different. So Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's very yeah. different. It, But it's, like you said, it reminds you of the past, but there's still something modern about it. And I think that's why people can appreciate it. And I really, really hope to see him, like, make it. I want I want to see him work with, like, Jasmine yeah. Sullivan especially. Because I think writing, I, oh, I wow. think about writers and I'm like, they're both great writers. They're both great vocalists. I would love to hear what they did together. On a duet, that would be insane. Just them. It, it would be insane. Hearing their harmonies together side Man, by side. I lose my mind. I lose. Yeah. I lose my mind. Yeah. We need that. So. Oh, definitely. Uh, shout out to Michael. It's pronounced Michael too. Michael. Oh, I was right. All right. Yeah. I, I knew it. It's spelled I knew it. different. It's I knew spelled it. M Y K A L. But yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, cause I thought it was Michael when I first met him. He's like, no, it's, it's Michael. I, like, I did too. Cause got you. that's my got middle you. name, and but that's not how I spell oh. it. So I was like, oh, maybe you know, okay. his mama wanted to be a little different. That's all right. Yeah. We, we, we black. We gotta we do black. it that way. We Put black. some flavor on it. So, you know. <laughs> yep. All day. So. Salute to Michael all day. Uh, my pick for this episode is D Smoke. So yeah, D Smoke is um. Representing Inglewood, California, a rapper who's been around. He put an album out, you know, of course, independent way back when, when he was younger, back in like 07. But with him, he's the type that, how can I even explain it? So, of course, being in L.A., being in the scene and stuff, I remember doing events at a place called Woodworks. Woodworks was over on like La Brea, Manchester, the heart of Inglewood. I would, as Insecure jokingly calls it, right there on Market Street where her block party was at, like right in that area. I did a couple shows at this spot called Woodworks. I remember a dude being there who was super cool. Um, we just called him D, whatever. And then I think it was actually the lady, of course, the producer, my manager, her husband. They were both watching, um, what was it, Rhythm and Flow. And they were like, yeah, the, the best one on there is uh, this rapper D Smoke. And I'm like, who is D Smoke? And I'm just like, uh, I'm at the house watching. I'm like, oh, that's Daniel. That's the one from, yeah, he, he owned Woodworks. Like him and his, his brother is Sir. And then his cousin is my homeboy, Abraham. You know, so it's one of those type connections. Right. And then... And with that, I knew he rapped, but I didn't really pay attention because you, you, you see somebody on the store, it's like, okay, he's the dude who owns the store. So when I, I see him rap, I'm like, oh, he's rapper, rapper. And he, and it's like, you can tell, even though he's probably Kendrick's age, a little bit older, he has a strong Kendrick influence, but he, he uses it in a different way. So when he dropped that album last year, Black Habits, like it was just so dope seeing that, okay, this album is not just like, homie good it's not just okay it's good for somebody who's on a no. tv show i'm like this album no. is not fire, a mixtape fire. it's yes it's, it's not a mixtape this is an deal. actual album right and next thing you know i'm like oh he got a grammy nomination for best rap album yeah and for best new artist like yeah. overall alongside next to nas. pop stars yeah <laughs> next to nas for for best hip-hop and then next to meg next to whoever else a billy eilish or something for right. best new artist 
And I'm like, oh, like, these smokers really getting there? Like, with the quickness, too. So seeing his progression that quick is just so dope to me. And with him, like, just, just listening to Black Habit's album, like, it was just certain songs that would stand out. And I always just stay stuck on those in the first half of the album. I'm like, let me just let the whole album play. I get the song number eight. I'm like, this is just as good as the first half of it. Like, hearing the album, like, from from start to finish, and he, he, he dropped a deluxe album later on, added some more songs. Like, yeah. So he definitely has, like... Like that album is is fire, and then last week he dropped his newest one. He has a new album that's out called uh, War and Wonders, and it's a different sound. It's not even that it's more commercial. It's just more, I think more developed. He has features from Marsha Ambrosius. He has John Legend on there doing his John Legend singing in M- MLA format like he always does. <laughs> he has um, Westside Boogie on it. He has you know a lot of uh, big names on there, and it's like Ty Dolla Sign is on there and. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you ain't have to do John like that. You, all right, I mean, he, he's the most proper singer in the world. We know that in an MLA format. This That's is what the, he does. This is the most HBCU music podcast that I've ever <laughs> listened. We out hey, here look, for real. We, we are. That's, that's what it is. Oh, so, man. man, that's what it is. So even even his new album, just hearing the like, he has fully developed songs. One thing about him, like that. You know, we talk about it all the time. I like fully developed music where it's not just the same beat loop and the whole track. Yes. Of course, it's dope when Premier does it. It's dope when certain people do it. Pete Rock and them. But like when it comes to especially new age music, he has the the symphonies and the, the harmonies of, of, you know, everything going on at one time from the vocalist to the strings mm-hmm. going on. And like the songs build up and they, they have a climax. They resolve. Like I love hearing that with, with a rap album. So and also with him, he. He speaks like different languages. I think he actually taught French when he was, you know, teaching at Inglewood High, and he's he speaks Spanish fluently. He yeah. plays piano. Yeah, like we did, we did a show <laughs> at Netflix together, and he's playing piano. Next thing you know, he's like rapping in Spanish, and it's not like he's just saying like why he does it jokingly, like right. You know, YG it's not no Tiger Yoketo, like, Taco Bell like, stuff. Like, go, actually, go loco. Yeah, he's speaking Spanish. Speaking but I'm like I don't, I don't know what he's Spanish. saying, but the accent don't sound fu- uh, forced or fake. So right, he's a multi-talented rapper for sure. So. Shout out to D Smoke all day. He's doing his thing right now. Yeah, no, I actually remember writing him off at the beginning because the way that I knew who he was, my younger sister was talking about this guy named D Smoke, D Smoke, D Smoke. Uh, and I was like, yeah. you probably only like him because, you know, he he a man that looked good to you or whatever. And she's going in on <laughs> yeah. him. But it wasn't until my brother-in-law, my older sister's uh, husband, who is a hip-hop head, so he is who oh, I wow. go to for hip-hop, we were having a conversation one time in the car and we actually listened to the album. And he was like, no, this guy is official. I really want you to listen to him. Like, And he knows me. He knows like you don't like just anything. No, I, I like talent. So he put it on and we listened yeah. to the album. And I was just like, this is dope. So I haven't heard the new album yet. And now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to go and stream it as soon as we're done. Yeah, definitely. War Wonders is out. So salute to D Smoke and, of course, to Michael Kilgore. So... We're about to have a quick break. So for everyone who's listening, we do have a Spotify playlist that has, we're going to have some Domino on there. We're going to have some mm. Rhyme Night. We're going to have some Michael Kilgore, some D-Smoke. We're not going to have no R. Kelly on there. We're not going to have no R. Kelly. I'm sorry. None of that. None of that. Sorry. If you want to hear that, go uh, like EBC, YouTube. Go to YouTube. Not the official. Go to YouTube or, or go to hell. Anyway, anyway whatever, whatever it <laughs> is. Like, you know. All right. That, that was mean. That was I mean, mean. But yeah. No, so. I mean, you're right. Go yeah, to hell. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so at this point, but we're having this break right now, so we do have the Spotify playlist. And we're going to come back. We have a special guest. We're going to talk about a topic that's been pretty hot on social media the last couple of weeks. And then we're going to finish off with the beat match. So go ahead and grab your uh, sip of water, and we'll be right back.
While we're taking a quick break, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the show. This helps other people find the podcast. All right, everybody, this is Behind the Wheels once again. I'm artistic with my co-host, E.B., and it's time for the drop. So for this episode, we have a special guest. We have a comedian, actor, activist, everything else you can mention. Felonious Muck, man, what's good with you? I'm behind on my gummy situation, and uh, I don't like that. I was, I'm was i supposed to be waiting for it to kick in, and instead, I'm actually just starting it. So I apologize for the poor treatment y'all have received. Boom. I get it because it, it might take a cool thirty minutes to rev up. You know how it, it is with that. So it could take yeah. ten. It could take the whole hour, and then all of a sudden, the last minute, everything is funny. Nobody knows. That's going to be how it goes too. Man. Take a while to, to, to marinate. So, yep. So, so everybody who's listening right now. So, the topic for this drop is something that we've been seeing a whole lot uh, lately, especially since uh, Drake's last album was released. So, for anyone who knows about the new Drake album, it's called. Certified Lover Boy. Um, it went number one, of course. And the biggest thing about that is that he had nine of the top ten Billboard spots, which is something that no artist has ever done. And with that, he actually did something that Michael Jackson never did. Michael Jackson had Thriller, and he had eight of the top ten spots. So what's happened since then is that we've seen publications such as Billboard themselves saying, is Drake the new Michael Jackson, or is he this generation's Michael Jackson? And a lot of folks who weren't there for Mike Mike compare it. Some folks who were there for Mike have even said Drake is the closest thing or he's comparable to Mike in whatever way that is. So, of course, us who are music heads, music fans, you know, culture fans, we might feel a little bit different about that. That's all I can say. So, Felonia, since you are a guest, what do you feel about just that whole discussion, period? I mean, unless Drake got people all over Asia fainting because he <laughs> stepped out on the balcony of his hotel... <laughs> You know what I mean? Unless he got 40-year-old women learning the choreography to his most recent video mm. of a VHS tape. Do you understand how it feels to come home from high school and see your mom and her best friend? <laughs> wow. Wow. I've never seen my, you know what I mean? I, I don't know yeah. no 40-year-old women out here like, yo, you know I really like you, but you don't have a heart part in your head or you don't know how to do the head. Nobody. <laughs> Some music is nice. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I'm not a Drake fan. So this, I, I want to say that up front before somebody says I'm hating. I am. But also. <laughs> it says you are. Also, Love it. you know what I mean? The reality is Drake's hold on the world isn't what Mike's was. Mike didn't have people who didn't like him. There weren't anti. Mm. There were people who like, I like Prince more. But there weren't mm -hmm. people oh, wow. who were like Mike. Wow. Nah, he's he's garbage. He's basura. He's nothing. Ask Drake is polarizing, right? He's not the for first sure, to sure. do the singing rapping thing. He's not the best to do the singing rapping thing. Not as long as you know, uh, Fontigolo, New Tigolo, New Tigolo still is living. Tigolo, hey, he, that's you know right. I mean? uh, uh, so you see somebody like um, Soldier Boy is like Drake, and we can clown <laughs> Soldier Boy all we want to, but the reality is Soldier Boy was absolutely wow. doing what Drake is doing now. 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20. Yeah. The difference is, you know, Drake got a whole movement behind him. I hear it. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. My like man is calling me. Are you good? You good? This conversation and I don't know how to, oh, I know how to do it. There you go. <laughs> sorry. I have my ears on and they oh, say, okay, okay. stop talking to them and start talking to her. And oh, I'm I get like, you. I get right. you. I already <laughs> told you I'm talking to her. 
<laughs> so yeah, Anybody I was, was mid rant. Yeah. I was wilding out. I know she just called me to tell me that I didn't get something else that I auditioned for. Oh, she ain't got to do all that. <laughs> See, uh, yeah, hey. I want y'all. I'm glad. I'm glad that y'all. Call, I'm glad that y'all are here to see me take another L. I'm glad that everybody's here. We're here to share L with you. Look, since I'm hating on Drake, it is. Toast up to it. Hey, yeah, put your glass up to that L. But it's 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 one of those things where, man, like I I understand the the recent, you know, when when the best basketball player is the one that you saw most recently, the best football player is the one that you saw most recently. Mm. And we forget, especially when it was 20, 30, you know, what we forget as older people sometimes that when Mike was at his peak, a lot of people who are the culture yeah. movers right now were not alive. We're not born right? yet at all. Weren't born yet. When Thriller came out, if you were born yeah. in 80, you're 41, 40, 41 years old right now. But when Thriller came out, you weren't born. So it's hard to speak to the whole mm. Michael Jackson, little Michael Jackson had the, just look over your shoulder, honey, Michael Jackson had. You, gotta, <laughs> you can't just go, you can't start at Thriller. You got to start at true, little Michael true. Jackson doing that's a true. robot on. So all of that built up to the point where it's it's the sim- same thing with Beyonce, right? If you don't remember Destiny's Child, you don't get into Beyonce the same way. You have to see her growth to appreciate everything that she is. For you to appreciate the hold mm. that Michael Jackson had on the wow. 80s, black, white, Asian, Latino, you have to understand that this boy was eight, nine years old, dancing as well as Jackie Wilson, dancing as well as... as uh, um, James, James Brown, Brown yeah. you know what I mean? To the point where I just did a podcast where I said Stevie Wonder can actually see and the only reason they said he was blind was because he couldn't dance in an era where everybody could dance. <laughs> what? See, wait. <laughs> Yo, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You might have something there. I'm just saying. You might have something. I mean, 12 year old Stevie Wonder. that Stevie can't see. So you, There's some rumors it, about it. I mean... I know I met him twice. He shook my hand and it, it was no searching for the hand. I'm like, he ain't okay. looking. He reached right out. What's up, sir? Good to see you. Yeah. He probably even said, yeah. Yo, it's good to see you, my dude. Good to, yeah. All right, all right. I like your jacket, artist. Wait a minute. <laughs> How you like? Yeah. So, so, so at the end of the day, when you think of the impact wow. that he had, and, and, then, and then you fast forward. All right. The only other person I could think of who has this impact on voices is Charlie Wilson, right? Charlie Wilson spawned. Um, Aaron Hall, Aaron Hall, yeah. of course that the, the nigga that just the got P-P-P locked man. up, ball head, even even Joe back then sounded like even Joe back then started. Everybody, and you, can, yeah. and you can add, you can add Joe to see had uh, Charlie Wilson mm, influences. You can add, you true. can go Cisco, Charlie Wilson influences. Right now, that's true. true. What other yeah. singer has influenced that many good groups? Michael Jack. Everybody I knew growing up tried to sing like Mike Troop. Troop's biggest hit. True, wow. It's a Michael Jackson. It's a Michael Jackson. It's a Jackson 5 remake where they sound like Michael Jackson. Just like him. The, mm. the number of people who could sing, if you had a falsetto in the 80s, you tried to sound like Michael Jackson. So the, wow. the idea, wow. the, the question is, is Drake a bigger star now than Michael Jackson at his peak? Is ridiculous on its face because Mike, because Drake's not as big a star as stars were at that time. He's not James Brown. Very true. Do you understand? He, he's yeah, not he's yeah. not Jackie Wilson. He's barely Flip Wilson. And that's no knock on Drake. <laughs> but the reality is, yeah. you know what I mean? We yeah. had, we had hey, three radio stations judge. back then. You know what I'm saying? We had three radio stations back then. We had an urban contemporary, which is, you know, the older music. We had the pop music. And Mike was on all of those stations. We didn't have 50 yeah, yeah. rappers 
who I don't, I can't name, right? Like there was, there was never a point in the history of hip hop where there were 50 rappers that I could not name. There Real are currently name. 50 rappers that I can't name who go platinum, who sell out theaters. I, I couldn't tell you one of their songs that they sell out theaters. So for Drake to be big, eh, okay. But is he selling out O2 for months? Do we remember when Mike was about to die? This is 30 years, 40 years into his career, right before Mike passed. He had sold out the O2 months in advance. Yep. He had a residency in not 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 in in his hometown. He wasn't in the six or, or in Gary, Indiana or Chicago. He was Real. in London. London. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah. be in China, not even doing shows, not even doing shows. I'm just out here with my mask on. You know what I mean? Buying you know hentai magazines or whatever might be doing. I don't be in the business. You know what I mean? Maybe that's where he. Maybe that's where you get a giraffe. I've never purchased a giraffe. Maybe that's where one goes, you know what I mean, to get a good number on a giraffe. Who am I? Maybe but so, maybe real, so. Yeah. When he would go there with the mask, with a hat, with a hoodie, it doesn't matter. They knew who Mike was. Mike took a dance move that everybody knew was a dance move. Every rap, every hip-hop head from, from New York knew what the moonwalk was or the glide or whatever you, we called it at the time. Mike went on Motown and took the streets to, mo- to to people's living room and we respected Mike so much we ain't say nah nigga you bit that we were like yeah, for real nobody yeah. moonwalk. it's now yeah. the moonwalk you know what I mean yep. yeah. it's it's Luther Vandross with every Burt Bacharach song whoever song it was before Luther <laughs> sang yep. it yep. and now it's Luther's song whatever Bebo. move Mike Bebo. did my chain it was yeah. exactly and listen for people who say Mike yeah. couldn't sing Mike owned the key of E Mike owned E nobody ever sang an E better than Michael Jackson Mike Ever. Mm. That's that's his E. You can sing around yeah. it. You can sing over it. But Mike owned E. He could hit the note, hold the note, whisper the note, yell a note. Mike could do everything. <laughs> yeah. What can Drake yeah. do other than shake his hand and, and ride waves? Now, if you want to say that Drake is the most successful wave rider in the history of oh, wow. music, wow. you could say that. And then his only competition would be 50 Cent. Who also finds a way to insert himself into a movement and take everything, it but yeah, whatever's that. But, but as big as Mike, he ain't the biggest star now. You can't be bigger than Mike if you ain't the biggest current act. So I was gonna ask that. I was gonna ask because even with, with these comparisons, like for one, it's already weird to compare a rapper to a singer. Anyway, even if he does sing, it's still not his. He ain't a singer, right? He sings the way he does. But to me, if there was any comparison, which I still don't compare him. Beyonce is obviously Beyonce's closer. Beyonce is the closer. Closer, yeah. Beyonce is the closer conversation. And she's not, and she's not Mike, but she's still closer. No, she's if, she's got yeah. it. Uh, she's she's influenced culture in a way that Mike has, um, just yeah. not on that scale. It's just it, yeah. at the end of the day, I don't think we ever see people globally reacting to anybody the way we saw Mike, and it's partially because we have, we're closer to each other, right? At that time, Mike was a, a mythical figure. Outside of the United States. When Mike left yeah, the United real. States, it was, oh my God, he he's a real, we can he touch exists. Mike. It's not real. like that with any artist now. And that's not the artist's no, fault. No. But it's the not, reality no. is, it's just, you're that's not going to ever create that kind of mystique, right? You can't yeah. create that kind of mystique. With Mike, social media and stuff, you can't. It's yeah. like, it's impossible. And these goofies, these goofies keep exposing so much of their life. It's one of the things that Beyonce <laughs> has done well is that she yeah. has not let us see anything that she didn't want us to see. Ain't no, exactly. ain't no off, yeah. off ooh, we caught her on accident, you know, other than a couple of drunk in the car shots, which <laughs> I feel like she probably let let drop. 
so that we were like, oh, she's not really a machine. All right, she's a real yeah, person. Yeah. That was it. She's the, not calculated. The scandals. Yeah. She held on to that scandal. We knew about the we knew about the elevator. There was rumors, but nobody ever confirmed it. She said, "I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna drop a whole album with visuals for every song in the middle of the night and hold this." She she has monetized every part of her experience. Drake, Drake, Drake got forced oh. by a drug rapper to exp- to put his son out there. Drake never ever ever should be in that mm. conversation. He Ooh. should never, Ooh. ever, ever be in that. Wow. He's a deadbeat dad with wow. harmony. That's who he is. And anybody to feel a way about it, just know. Whoa. I got deadbeat hands. You can see with harmony. I like that. <laughs> what? One. I love that one. That's a different one. That's a, different a, one. a melodic deadbeat. Yeah. That's who he is. I mean, but even, even <laughs> yeah. you know, and people will say that, yeah, compared to everybody that's out now, Drake is the one doing it, but Drake is not out like Mike was with the Anita Bakers, with the Princes, no. with the Luthers, no. with the Sade's, the Janets, no. the Diana Ross. You don't have that kind of competition. James, man. like at the same time, there's no competition. So listen, you, why, you take Mike off the that, board. You take Mike off yeah. the board, and Prince has the most ridiculous run from '78 to '95. Probably but, so. But yeah. this is Mike true. is so dominant that a man who could play every single instrument. That would yeah. go in the studio and sing every single part. That would write music yeah. for himself, for the time, for Vanity Six, for Apollonia, for your Come mama, on. your daddy, yes. me and you, your mama and your cousin. Real. He wrote for, for everything. They yeah. said for Tevin Campbell, for Lisa Fisher, for you know what I mean. Like, listen, he brought Shaka Khan back. He brought. He brought. He brought he's the back. reason. He's the reason Charlie Wilson is back. Got Charlie Very Wilson true. clean. Put him back on the road. Let's get busy. So that's how dominant. <laughs> Prince was, and Prince wasn't Mike. So he was Drake, number two. We he love was yeah. a distant number two. So yeah, tell true. Drake yeah. to play anything other than you know emotional heartstrings. Don't tell me he's close <laughs> to Mike because he ain't close yeah. to Prince. He ain't close to Stevie. He ain't look like Kanye. Man, don't do that. He's so, not even the best rapper. Let's 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 go. Let's if you want to have a conversation, tell the truth. Have the yeah. conversation. No, Is yeah. he the biggest rapper? In his prime, is he bigger than any other rapper in their prime? And then you might have an argument. You could have so, an argument. Yeah. With Drake, like one thing, one thing I say with Drake is that he's had the longest sustained period Absolutely. of being high. So I give him that all day. So in I feel like at, at the absolute at his absolute peak, if you look like year by year, I feel yeah. like yeah. 50 Cent 03 was probably for that Ooh. one year bigger Ooh. than Drake was in any specific year. But yep. for Drake to right. have a a 10, 11 year period. The longevity of it. Success. I give him that for sure. That's, that's Just like Snoop had 93, you know. Yeah, that's like unbelievable he, in hip hop yeah. to have yeah. that kind of run. He's had that type of run where every year you know he's going to have a hit. Like even every other year, it's like somebody says, okay, he drops a song that doesn't get love. Maybe he's falling off. And next thing you know, he drops Boom. In My Feelings or something or Nice Boom. For What or, or Hotline Boom. Bling. It's like, okay, he's never going away. It's always going to have a summer anthem. He's always going to have a hit. And it's like, mm-hmm. on the flip side, what I can say. True. As a DJ, it's it's tricky because um someone did just ask, and maybe y'all can answer it because somebody asked me, I think Nick Bahi asked me a couple of days ago on uh, Twitter. He asked, um, what would Drake's signature song be? Because you know, like with Michael Jackson, we, we have a Billy Jean, a thriller, you know, Prince has a has a um Purple Rain or a 1999. And I'm thinking for Drake, does he have any no. one, two, three signature songs that are known for one? Does he have any biggest songs and two? Does he have any songs that are known by everybody? Because if you think about Billie Jean, your son who was born in 2019 knows it. 
And your grandma who was born in 1920 knows it. Yeah. Joke, like, does Drake have the any song about that, Mike yeah. is when my daughter was young, my daughter was born in 2004. Mike passed when she yeah. was five, six years old. Five, yeah. I remember my my daughter watching a special on Michael Jackson. And, and the joke was she saw young Michael Jackson and couldn't put the image she had of older Michael Jackson. <laughs> mm. and, you know, and a lot of kids, like my boy that I work with, his son was like, that. yo, Mike used to be black? Like they didn't, <laughs> oh, like, but that's how long wow. Mike was out. That Mike was that's out how with, with a bell pepper nose yeah. and an afro. And then Mike True, was yeah. out with a silk wig and, and white face. And all of those mics yeah. got busy. You know what I'm saying? That's all true. of the mics got busy. All he had a hit with every busy. look. He had a Jerry hit with Curl every Mike look. Had major Jerry hit. Curl like, Mike had hits. Yeah. Off the, and listen, we we I, I started talking about Thriller like, yo, that's where a lot of people's jumping off point was, but that's not his best album. That's what's yeah, crazy. His top selling Easy. album isn't his best album, and he had hits before his best album, and then Bad isn't a yeah. garbage album. So where do you, you know what I mean? What, like, when you say yeah. what's the signature song, Mike's got Beat It. Mike's got Billie Jean. Mike's got Thriller. Any one of those you could argue are his signature songs. Yeah. And those aren't on his best album. Because She's Out of My Life is the signature song for me. Right? When I, when, mm. when he starts shaking and crying at the end of that song, and they said son hey. took, did like 10 takes, and every take yeah. he cried at the end, they were like, yo, we just going to leave wow. it in. That's, wow. that's, yeah. that's Michael Jackson. Wow. What do we have from Drake? Back to back? And that was he, a fire diss, but beyond this, that's a, beyond that's that, a crazy yeah, no, like, they like, don't have a like, like to, to me. To me, his biggest, I still people people forget because people's memory is so short. I still feel like his biggest song at peak, regardless of what Billboard said, was Hotline Bling. That was I, probably I his song that. that was everywhere. The video, but at the same time, you don't hear it no more. Right, it came yeah. right. kind of went right. So like, that's the, that's the wasn't, part. It wasn't a completely original idea either. So that's no, also wasn't. another factor. Like it wasn't him. It was yeah. someone else that he took and, yeah. and and released, and it's like, okay, now I got my biggest song, but it's not you. So mm. who who is Drake? Like, does Drake so have a song so, that defines who he is as an artist, the way Michael? So does? I'm I'm gonna answer this like a comedian about comedy. <laughs> yeah. When you think about your favorite comedians, you can name the joke that made you fall in love with them. Mm. Very true. Okay. I don't care yeah. who the comic is. If you Cat Williams. Whether your Cat yeah. Williams is poor little Tink Tink, or if it's, yeah. look at the white people. Wait, niggas is, in, is tigers now? Like, no matter which <laughs> joke you love. Whatever it is. Whatever you know, it is. You know what joke it is. If it's Kevin Hart, your favorite comic, you know what your favorite Kevin Hart joke is. You know, yep. uh, okay, Say it uh, with your chest. Say it with your chest. chest. Uh, uh, yeah. Spit it back to the white meat. You know what your favorite Kevin Hart joke is. <laughs> Richard Pryor, night, night. Eddie Murphy. You want to go yeah. night night, nigga? Everybody go night night. You know. See what I'm saying? Yeah, All you, you had know. to do is... Throw the quote out. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's that's how you distinguish between this is a good comedian and this is a legendary comedian. The legends have a bit that no matter who you're talking to, if they know anything about comedy, mm. they, know that, they know that joint. With Drake, mm-hmm. he makes Forever 21 music. That's not a knock, right? People shop at Forever <laughs> it's 21. True. It's a billion dollar company, but it's throwaway clothing. You wear it. Mm. You got two washes. And then you lie, that's it, because this isn't really made of sturdy material. It looks good in the club that night. Look great in the pictures. You throw a filter mm. on it, you murder in the gram. <laughs> but once you wash it twice and the collar get baconated, you know what I mean? And the, the pants like, yo, I didn't, I didn't know that the scene was supposed to do yeah. that. Them strings supposed to... That's what Drake makes. It's, it's easily wow. digestible. 
You can replicate it. It doesn't cost a lot. You can do it over and over and over and over again. And it's guaranteed to be there every Friday when you go into the club and you don't have a lot of money. But you can't wear it five years from now. Hotline Bling should Hotline Bling for as big a song as that was. If you play it right now, it sounds dated. And it ain't old enough to sound dated. But mm, if you take 50 yeah, Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, if you play Mini yeah. Men right now on this on this podcast, play Mini Men, and all of us will shut up and put our heads down like we know 47 <laughs> niggas that got <laughs> shot. <laughs> mm, yeah. Wish death on Nigga, ain't nobody moment. wishing death yeah. on you at the plant. Go back to work. But we feel that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 18 years later, we like. Yeah. It still hits you. It hits you. In it still song, hits so. you. I no, talk, Drake I doesn't have anything that yeah. does that to me, man. Nothing. So, Maybe his early yeah. stuff. Maybe it's I can say so, so. One thing I can say, I'll say Drake is so. The thing with him too is that even though he is around like our age, at least me and mm-hmm. EB's age, he still appeals to the younger crowd where he it's does. extremely generational. So I've had polls on Twitter asking, "What I ask? Um, yeah, how many classes does Drake have?" But I divided it by by were you born before or after 1990? Right. And with that, people were born 90 and after. It was like they were saying he has three, four, five classics. Right. People right. who were older were saying one at the most. At, at top said is, zero. Nothing was the same. And, a lot, and and so the problem with the problem with the classic album to me is can you play it over and over and over again? We just acknowledged that he may not even have songs that you can play over and over and over again. He may not have mm-hmm. songs. So I, I look at Best I Ever Had, right? When I heard Best yeah. I Ever Had, that was a it was new different. sound. It was I different. I hadn't heard it. Sure. Sample. You are the only one. I was like, oh, this shit goes. And then I heard that same song for for 11 more years. I mean, so speaking of that, so I feel like So Far Gone is probably his best project to me. That was very, it was very, very groundbreaking. He kind of took what Kanye did on 808s and the Heartbreaks and but with that, that kind of became his sound, as you said, like that kind of right. ambient. Like my boy Brian said it the best. That I didn't think about it. Going back to that album, most of Drake's slow R&B songs don't have a melody. It's ambient. It's it's, it's atmospheric. It's a lot of different sounds happening. It's but it's never. He, he was like, "Can you hum back the melody to me?" And I'm listening. I'm like, "I can't really hum back. It's, it's no melody." So it's no melody. Mm-hmm. He inspired a lot of R&B rapper, not rap, R&B singers, which are rappers now. But a lot of that trap soul sound did come from. Yeah. What Drake did, so Absolutely. he was influential. At the same time, I don't like that sound that much to where maybe I don't connect to it because one thing that me and EB have discussed before is that with Drake, he didn't grow up in a gospel church like a lot of us did in America. Him being from Toronto, he didn't. So with that, a lot of his R and B doesn't have that church influence. So crazy enough, one of my favorite songs from him that has a church influence is on the new album. That's Poppy's Home, where he samples Montel Jordan which was basically a gospel type of song that Montel did. But even hearing that, I'm like, Drake actually sounds dope if he if he did use a gospel sound because most of his stuff is so, I don't know what you really call it, but it's not an R&B soulful sound. It's, it's no chord progression. It's not, it's not no, singing. It's it's just yeah. melodic speaking is what he's doing. Yeah. So you have yeah. to make a distinction. He's not singing in the way singing. that people yeah. have sang before. He's not singing like a Luther, not even like a Fonte. He's not doing that. Yeah, he's Fonte. just speaking... Yeah melodically there's a difference and i think people get it mixed up and they're like no he's the king of this but he's not singing anything what he's doing is he's playing off the traditional r&b sound 
but he can't pull it off. And like like we talked about, he don't have the church background. He knows nothing yeah. about chord progressions. He knows nothing about yeah. putting a bridge in there, about melodies, about harmonies. The- he he, yeah. he doesn't know and that. You know how he, and he gets away with not putting a bridge in it because he keeps calling himself a rapper. So rap rap fans don't expect. They don't have mm. the expectation of a bridge. They don't have an uh, expectation of mm. structure. They don't have an expectation of uh, movement in a song. They don't have any of those expectations. So what he does is he writes raps and then he hums them. What he sounds like to me is the reference tape. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is what the it song should like, yeah. sound like. Let me give else, it to somebody with talent. Yeah, somebody else who was a singer came on top and sang it. I get that all Now, the okay. difference to, to what he is to me is Missy Elliott without the ability to actually do his own music. Because Missy didn't really want to be the star. Right. Missy wanted to write wanted the songs, it. produce the songs, and here's the sample, here's how it should sound. And she kept giving it yeah. to people and nobody could sound better than she sounded on the reference joint. Drake won't give it to anybody. Right. You know, sun don't shine if sun don't shine. So oh. he's holding on to songs that when you listen to him, you're like, wow, this is influence. This is influence. Because they're all influence. He took a David o, a Davido joint. He took a, a WizKid joint. He took a PND. So he, he's taking everybody else's sound. And the reason it sounds good is because it's familiar. It's just like um, black people comedy is like, yo, I'm not going to try and break ground or push the envelope here. When you come to a black comedy show, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to hear. For better or worse, right? Um, And that doesn't mean that that there aren't phenomenal black comics. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. There's some really good black comics. But they try to kind of keep the topics in this place where everybody's going to be comfortable because it's important to relate to your audience, right? There's there's not a lot of avant-garde. We're going to go out there and see. That's what Drake is doing. He's like, hey, if I could just talk about hoes, Losing hoes, yeah. making money so I could get some mohos. This hoe is a ho ho because this hoe hurt me, right. and I knew she was a hoe when I forehead kissed her, and she didn't stop being a hoe after I did the hoe. He knows who his audience wow. is. His audience I mean, is people who don't really like women knows. but love having sex yeah. with women. That's his audience. His audience is That's people audience. Who, who, who don't like women. Because they're yeah. comfortable with him calling them multiple types of hoes and saying that his favorites and all of the women that he likes are in the service industry. He ain't up. Where's where's his I dated this lawyer, but she fucked me over song. He doesn't have one because he's not gonna mm. date a lawyer because he wants oh, wow. to be a savior. Not Captain Save him. He wants to be the savior. I'm the big the man. Savior. I came and I the took you out savior. of the strip club. I took you out of uh, uh Hooters. I took you out of you ain't do shit, wow. son. You thought wow. you had the ups on her. She took your little money and she played you because you're a cornball. You were a cornball with or without <laughs> money, son. Wow. So wow. now you're writing songs about her because she hurt your little feelings because somebody told you as soon as you get some money, you was gonna be able to run these hoes. And you still can't. And you, you still, still can't. can't. That's why that's why mm. you're on national TV playing yourself for Rihanna. She like, yo, son, please. Stop doing that. Don't do that to me. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't kiss me in public, my nigga. What are you doing? Come on, B. I let you lick my cult. toes in the in the back room. You can't do this in front of people. <laughs> in the back, the back room. In the don't back ever room. do this yeah. in front of people again, son. I will overhand write you. So, you know, yeah. my beef with Drake, it's not his fault that people think he's is up even with Mike. That's not his fault. It's his fault that he keeps uh, pretending to be in the conversation of the greatest. He knows he's not one of the greatest ever. He knows that. Uh, he has and he know. keeps talking to us like he's smarter than we are. And that's disrespectful. Stop. You know, I I, I don't make, um, you know, I make music for, shut up. You you make what people are going to buy. You wow. know what you're doing, son. You make, you make pattern music. Put this on, this on, this on. Drop this over top of it. They're going to they love this shit. And that's I get, fine. I get it. Call it yeah. that. Say that. Say I make the most easily digestible pop 
hop that's ever been created. And I will argue to the death that he's right. If he says I am the most successful pop rapper in the history of pop rap, nigga, you are absolutely you, right. Fuck Vanilla Ice, Hammer, all of them. You're the you're that guy. Wow. Well, right. True. Like Michael I get, Jackson. I got so. I'll, I'll slap the shit out of that nigga, man. Fuck you, man. I feel like I feel like me like that. Nigga. <laughs> I feel like I feel like those topics can't. I feel like it, a lot of times people who say it. They just want the engagement. I feel like yeah. Billboard knows it. It's just they want that engagement. But yeah, I, I, they, muted, they, they, I muted that dude. I remember the question. I, I know which yeah. question was talking. Soon as sun said, I was like, yeah, nah, nope. You got to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I so think I that, responded that, that, with a uh, Tyler, Tyler the Creator uh, video. I was like, nigga. No. I that one. Yeah, nigga, yeah. no. Nigga, no. 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 Yeah, that's, that's the response to that. That's how I feel with that. So with that... Um, it's made me wonder because it's something I've discussed the last couple of years, but this topic really made me think about it. So, Michael Jackson, we saw what he was. We saw the talent that he had as a kid. We saw whether it came from Joe Jackson hazing him as a three year old or whatever. The <laughs> fact that, like, nobody, the way I saw it, nobody Easy. said uh, he wasn't the number one greatest singer in history, but nobody could dance better than him that could sing better than him, Mm-mm. and vice versa. So, with that, my question to, to both of y'all is this Imagine there's a kid who. Maybe he's five years old now. Maybe he was five, five, ten years ago. Whatever it is, he's between five and 15. But he has the exact same talent level as Mike. He can sing as good mm. or better. He can dance as good or better. He can pick up anything Chris Brown does, but add his own stuff to it, even at seven years old. My question is, when it comes to if he was, if you were his A&R or if he was signed with a label, whatever it is, what type of music do you think he could even make in this generation to even attempt being Michael Jackson, because I guess to get to it, as we, as we mentioned earlier, Mike came in that era where it was 60s and 70s, so it's chord progressions, it's changes, it's bridges. You sing in his ballads where you can actually sing. Even the party songs were five minutes long, they had breakdowns. This era is based on trap sounding music, electronic sounding music that doesn't really fit with that talent. So it's almost like would that kid waste their talent? Would they have to become a trap rapper? Would they have to make Drake type music? Would they have to make would they go Bruno Mars route where it's like they're making stuff that sounds like it's the eighties, but you can tell it's trying to be the eighties? Like, how would a kid with that much talent in his generation even succeed? Because I'm thinking it could be a kid out there who has it, but he might not even get a chance to even be as big as Ro James in this era because it's like that talent Damn. is almost like almost useless it's, because people it's, don't it's even not appreciate it. Yeah, it's not, not appreciated appreciate the same way at all. And it's it's not just that it's not appreciated; it's that. We see that now there are examples at the top of the charts right now of people who have the talent, but that talent doesn't fit the mold of what the industry wants. So they have to water themselves down or they have to conform to, you know, whatever version of themselves that radio and social media and streaming networks want to see and hear. So I don't even think that's possible without them completely saying fuck everything fuck everybody i'm gonna do it my way and that's just taking a chance because you can do that but we've seen people do it before and it hasn't happened and those same people now Mm -hmm. we see come back in 2021 and you see them now watering down their sound you see them now changing the lyrics to what they from what they used to sing about to the things they sing about now just for that interaction with the social media generation is what I call it. Because you, you know who I what blame? you have to do is appeal to them. You have you know to. You have to. TikTok. Yeah. I blame who? Robert Kelly. Really? Explain this one. Hmm. 
there's not a, an R. Kelly lyric that a four-year-old or fourth grader couldn't write. In fact, I would <laughs> argue that his uh-huh. songs are written from a fourth grader's perspective. He, I mean, and I'm saying that, but that's right. Right, I'm being, yeah. I'm being careful not to make. I'm, I'm being careful because I don't want to say, "Hey, he's dumb." He is right. But that's, but, but that's he, that's beside the point. Right, but Stevie Wonder yeah. can't see, and this nigga wrote a ribbon in the sky. So limitations <laughs> are, you know, what I mean, <laughs> nothing is impossible. You know, what he I mean? can't see. He uh, can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally so. I, I, so I ain't snitching, like... but but when you hear a song, when you hear a grown ass man say, "You remind me of my G," we should have said, "Nah, nigga, you doing too much." I'm feeling on your booty, nigga. You're in fourth grade. You're a fucking child. You're a child. What's genuine song? What's the genuine song that genuine song that he wrote? Somebody was talking about it earlier today. Which this one he wrote for he Genuine? Wrote some, he wrote something for Genuine? Yeah, Which one? he wrote a joint for Genuine that's like a bop. Like, we all fuck with it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out. Oh, uh, not, wait, not, not Hell Yeah or so, was it? Nah, it's one of those. It's a, I mean, when you, when you hit a lyric, you'll be like... It can't be the one. Yeah, it can't nah, be that one. Nah, I'm talking about, talk about this was a hit. I'm trying to remember what the fuck. In those jeans? Was. Did he write that? That sounds right, but that's not it. I mean, it, that, it that, that definitely like sounds. Yeah, right when you said it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that is it. Hold it on. wasn't I'm, differences, I'm, was it? Please say, don't say it's differences. No, it wasn't differences. Nah, nah it right. wasn't. It wasn't. But, but yeah. So wow, he did write in those jeans too. <laughs> he did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wow. it, and, but it sounds like <laughs> wow. You know, R. Kelly. What he does is he makes analogies to tangible things. That's the way he right. speaks about love. Because, like yeah. you said, it's from like a fourth grade point of view, and. Again, like you said, not to um, say that, you know, he's dumb, which he is, but mentally he is, he's you know, a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old. Right. That's that's who he is mentally. Right. So it makes sense that people would digest those lyrics and that he would influence, you know, everything that came after because it's watered down to an elementary level. Everything is. And, yeah. and if you think about this. If that's the if that quality of music does those kinds of numbers, but uh, a Gregory Porter will never ever ever sniff that Mm. type of success with a better voice, better arrangements, better lyrics, better imagery, Mm -hmm. a real understanding of of music composition, a person who can Mm -hmm. actually read music, right? Read, yeah. If you're telling me, because there's, if you stand Gregory Porter up side by side with R. Kelly, R. Kelly can't outsing Gregory Porter. Lyric for lyric, he can't outright Gregory Porter. The arrangements just on song. I'm talking. Let's do the famous songs. Let's not even do. Let's not even do the deep Gregory Porter cuts. Be good. The mm-hmm. mu- the movement of be good. You that song could have been written in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, or right mm-hmm. now. Timeless. It's like, the, it's the, like the, an insanity key, or something. It's yeah, the key the keys on it. Do, 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 do. Chord progressions we're talking about right there, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of lyrics to that song, by the way. It's a repetition. It's the first, it's the it's the first verse, a chorus, the same first verse, the chorus, a bridge, a repeat mm-hmm. of that verse, and a chorus, and we fade. Chorus again. It's Saturday Love. It's Saturday Love Part it's 2. Saturday it's Love same, Part 2. Saturday Love, yeah. Same structure, same structure. But when you think about 
the with the song. He did more in them eight bars than R. Kelly has done in any song. Because the imagery of uh, a lion being tamed, being controlled by this woman's love, being boxed into the point where he knows he's supposed to be more powerful than this, but I don't want to lose her, so I will make myself whatever size she needs me to be. I will sit in this gilded cage as long as I get to be mm. close to her. He said all of that by saying, be good is her name. R. Kelly ain't never done that. R. Kelly is directly, let me put my dick in you. That's the song. <laughs> so when everybody's like, now I'm listening yeah. to R&B, these niggas ain't subtle no more. Luther's let me hold you tight if only for one night. Niggas, it's a song about a one night stand. But we loved it. Yeah. R. Kelly ain't like that. Too. Reasons R- the same. Reasons is, the same. Yeah. Reasons is a same song, song about, the, uh, uh, it's basically um, As We Lay. From a nigga's perspective. Yeah. It's the we same just song. talked about Shirley Murphy. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same it's, song. It's all the one night stand. And, but it's 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 structured in a way that is so beautiful that it's you don't beautiful. realize that you, you listen to it. a song about You know how many times I say stand? how old I was the first time I heard me and Mrs. Jones? Nigga, I ain't have no girlfriend. I was six. <laughs> wow, man. But I was out there hard <laughs> singing. Paul. We got a yeah. thing. I was serious. Yeah. As much to... We both know it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let go. That's a lot. R. Kelly. Yeah. Hey, don't, I, as long as you got an ID, I'll fuck you. You nasty, disgusting <laughs> bastard. Fuck you. So we yeah. see, yeah. you know, it's all. And, and, and look, we can blame the artists, but at the end of the day, whatever sells is what sells. That's how capitalism works. And that's on us. It is. That's on us. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, I, we had this argument about comedy. People were like, oh, they got these. TikTok and Instagram comedians that don't actually have jokes and they selling out theaters. The comedy club shouldn't be booking them. Nigga, fuck you. If you're telling me that some dude mm-hmm. does an Instagram post, goes viral, and he could sell out five nights in a 400-seat comedy club, and you, mm-hmm. who have a really good hour of comedy, legitimately funny, structured comedy, it's good comedy about a bunch of topics, he can't fucking do comedy for an hour, but he's got a viral TikTok. If you own a business, who are you hiring? A nigga that's going to put 2,000 people in the seats over the weekend at $50 a pop? Or this really oh, good, creative artist who's going to put 200 people in the seats over five days at $15 a pop? R. Kelly Real? exists because we want mm. easy to digest shit. The largest group of people, the lowest common denominator is the group of people that you write music for. It's who you write jokes for. It's who you create yeah. art for. And until we get to that point where we're like ghost face killer and we're like, yo, I don't give a fuck if you understand my art or not. I made the art for me. Right. Until we get to that point, yeah. we're not good. But the good news is that music that we want to hear exists. It does. Yeah, it's it, out it there. always exists. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I brought yeah. Gregory Porter up because that that exists. The music That's is out music. there. The number yeah. of people, uh, um, uh, shit, Jack Freeman is out there. Like it's so Duran Bar is out. There. Uh, it's so much good music out there. That's probably never. And and let me say this. Let me not speak that on their music. I hope that they go multiple times diamond. Um, right. But they have an uphill battle because they're battling against um, a population that's used to easy music. That they don't have to right. think about. It's just accessible. Balls. It's accessibility. Yeah. It's easy, easily digestible. It's easily, di- yeah. Like it's it's the Drake thing. It's it's right. something that everyone and anyone can do. Anyone can sing along mm-hmm. to. Anyone can make their own song yeah. that sounds just as good or better than that song. So that's what people want to yeah. hear. Yeah. You can't make the hair stand up on my arm. You're not singing. You understand? Like Stephanie right. Mills might be a little. <laughs> 
But Steph- when Stephanie Ooh. opens her but mouth, when she opens her mouth, <laughs> when, when she, she opens when she her open, mouth, man, the first time man, I heard yeah. when I when I think of home, the first time I heard home, um, mm. I didn't think that Diana Ross was supposed to be in the Wiz. Do you understand how wow. good Same. Stephanie wow. Mills' good voice? It, it like in a car back in the day when the speakers weren't good. I think I was in a like a, a fucking. Like not even a Nova. It might have been like a, a Chevy, <laughs> some type of Chevy bullshit. Chevette you know? or something. A Chevette or something <laughs> Chevette. like that. Whatever the yeah. joint was that when you tap the bumper, it blows up. Whatever that shit was. We, <laughs> we was in there because the gas tank was in the back. It had no fucking business being back. Wow. Whatever that was. That's the old school. Old school. Right. And you know, yeah. if, if they don't give a fuck about you enough to move the gas tank, they definitely ain't putting no bold speakers in that shit. <laughs> and, that shit had them raggedy speakers. And as soon as she got to the... Like huh? Oh, oh shit! I, let me. And I wasn't in a car seat because they didn't care about children back then. We was just we was on driver's <laughs> seats with a, with a lap belt. Yeah. Just yeah. Ah, hold on to the side of the door. Yeah, hold on to the little, yeah. little handle. Yeah. But but that song and, I, and again, I'm a child. I don't have any experiences to draw off that should make this this song hit me like that. That song mm, hit me yeah. just because in nature there are tones. That your body, like when I heard her voice, I was mm, like, I don't know what good singing to. is, but I know yeah. that I like the way that shit sounds. That's good. Yeah. When you hear Luther, you don't, I don't know what an E or an F sounds like until you, t- if you tell me what E is, then I know what F is. If you tell me what F is, I know what <laughs> E is. If you don't tell me, he yeah. could be singing any letter he wants to. I have no clue. But I know mm-hmm. Luther could sing. I know yeah, Luther sure. and Howard Hewitt and and fucking Jeffrey Osborne and James Man. Ingram. Sanders. I knew they could sing whether I could structure a, a, a song or not. I couldn't write a note of music, but when I heard them sing, I knew they were singing. When I heard R. Mm, Kelly, yeah. I heard Charlie Wilson write, write, uh, singing about bullshit. We're going to be those grumpy people, right? But what I, what I think is interesting is we're grumpy old men, but we're not grumpy old men like our parents were. Our parents were grumpy people, and they were talking about the music of their youth, and they weren't mm-hmm. able to hear music beyond their youth as being good. Right. We heard, we yeah. respected their music was good. Our music right. was good, and there's a little music after and my generation. No, see, remember, I was born in '72. To respect, right? Yeah, sure, I was born in '72, so I fucked sure. with some stuff that happened in the '90s, and I want that wasn't necessarily my era. 2000s. Right. I'm, I'm, we talking about mm. Beyonce and Tevin Campbell, and I I like their music. They could sing. But mm-hmm. what we're listening to now is not that, and we and we, we can recognize yeah. the talent. And now the talent like, was it's, there it's sure. harder to recognize because it's not the talent. It's not the right. definition of talent that we know, right. or that seems to be innate. Right. Like it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's, it's almost like there's so much good music out there that they don't know what to do other than to pay homage to the music. They're not writing music. Right. That, you know, when I see Michaela Cole write TV, she's writing something new. She's right. writing something we haven't it's the seen before. Same thing. And she's not rebooting anything. She's not right. recreating anything. She's writing something very new that we've never seen before, we've never heard before, and we feel it mm-hmm. immediately because this is a secret that we've kept. She's writing our secrets and she's making it, she's telling us it's okay. It's all right now, I can tell that. That's what music used to do. You telling my business. Making you comfortable. But you yeah. making me comfortable. Acknowledge it, yeah, man. My heart, my heart. Yeah. You know how many I sold all the cocaine in the '80s, and I also sang a whole lot of R and B. B at the same time. <laughs> at the same damn time, wow, nigga, I'm selling the cocaine. I'm down. I'm riding the, the street in the... a sob, <laughs> listening to Anita Baker, nigga. You, 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 yeah, you know what yeah. With yeah. all my heart. That's a crazy vision. Yeah. <laughs> you, but it's real. Nigga, you got my money. It's, like that was that was yeah. what we were doing. 
That's not what's happening now. These niggas is listening to, yeah, I'm gonna drop this off. I'm gonna put my dick in the bitch throat. Ugh. What? Yeah, yeah. A there's a song. Thing, it's a dope yeah. song. But there's a song where the niggas like, yeah, let a young nigga fuck your throat. That's a great oh, song. Yeah. Throat, throat baby. It's extremely catchy. That's a great it's song. Catchy, nah, it's a song. So out of that pocket. song's terrible. That song's terrible. It's so it's terrible. That song's terrible. It's so out of pocket. I, every time I hear it, I turn the bitch up. But it's a terrible song. I know <laughs> yeah. what it is. I know what it is. I'm not so supposed long. to eat yeah. fucking double quarter pounders every time I pass McDonald's. You got to keep me from walking in that bitch. Yeah. I know what it is. It's that, it's that Krispy Kreme. It's, it's a, a, a hot, hot dozen for half uh, off. I'm going to eat, uh, I'm gonna eat hot and ready. Them, hot and ready. Yeah. Uh, I got to yeah. stop. No, nigga. That's keep, what it is. That's, so. that's the throat babies of, of snacks. Krispy yeah, Kreme. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is that. So. Oh, man. And then, look, we appreciate you for being here. Uh, yeah, before man. we head out... Um, Anything you want to let everybody know as far as uh, where to find you at, social media-wise, or, you know, yeah, man, anything you have coming off, up, any projects? Let me, let me go ahead and, and, and give them the same energy that I gave them at the beginning. Listen, I know a lot of things yeah. I said today is going to uh, offend some people. You're going to be listening to this. You'll be like, yo, who the fuck is this hey. you think he is? Um, I'm whoever you need me to be, nigga. I'm outside all the time. I will post my show dates at felonious underscore monk. That's F-E-L-O-N-I-O-U-S underscore M-U-N-K. You can find me in the, in the club bottle full of bub. I'm out here. So if anything I said today, if you if you a Drake fan and you feeling a certain way, you want to take off your chinchilla tank top and fight me or whatever, nigga, I'm out here. Uh, but yeah, you could you could find me you, you can find me out there. Please watch watch uh, Four Life season one and two. It's on Netflix now. Uh, please tune in. I got a I got a horror movie coming out called Restless that should be coming out in a couple of months. I got another movie called Block Party that should be coming out at the uh, beginning of the next wow. year where I play DJ D Nuts. I bit a little bit of DJ artistic style. You know, I watched it. Uh, so there we go. There we go. You see the hand. You see the, you see the crossfader hand here, and then this right here. That's, that's all I know. How to do. I just I got, the, I got the crossfader hand, and, the <laughs> and that's what I do. You know, you know a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be out that. here, man. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. That one's got um shit. That one's got Suge Avery, John Amos. Uh, Bill Cobbs, you know, this a dollar to your soul is required in hell. Hollywood, like he's in that oh, joint. It's a, it's a big Faison uh, Love is in the movie. Um, Gary wow. Anthony Williams is in the movie from from Soul from Soul Brother and from Thirty Five Uncle Ruckus, same nigga. Um, You're right. Yo, it's, it's oh, everybody's okay, okay. in the movie, and they let me yeah. they let me be funny. And Lou Nell's in the movie. Oh man, the Queen uh, Antoinette Robinson from Dear White is yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it's great. Burgundy Baker, yeah. uh, Keisha from The Shy oh, yeah. is in the movie. Yeah, the Shy. Everybody's Yo. in the movie, son. It's, it's going to be a crazy, a good. It's a family movie. It's the movies that you grew up watching. Roscoe Jenkins. You know what I mean? Are we there yet? Yeah. It's it's the it's it's the 2021 version of that surrounding uh, Juneteenth and the block parties and multi generational family reunions oh, wow. and gatherings. So I love then, it. Uh, of all the stuff that I've done. Um, I'm most excited about that. Uh, but also, like I said, I did a horror movie, a comedy. I'm out here in these streets, man. I'm doing stand-up. You making it? You know what I mean? Hey. November, if you're near Chicago, come see me at Zany's. I'm going I'm to I'm get busy there. I do everything, man. I raise children, nigga. I do it all. <laughs> hey, raising raising kids. Too. Hey. hey, you got to. That's the only way to do it, though. Yeah, I'm raising kids, way. nigga. You got some kids you want me to raise? You know, you know what I mean? You going to raise your kids? I ain't think so. You don't worry about Drake, nigga. <laughs> raise your kids. Let your baby mom cry on your son's chest. She five foot two. You know what I mean? I know the nigga's music is just not good. Nigga. It's just not good. There, yeah, I said it. Hey, he said it once again. He said it, you know, the, the, the thoughts of Felonious Monk do not reflect the thoughts of 
artistic in EB. They do not. Well, actually, anyway, anyway. 75%. 75%, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to say half of that. I was just yeah, saying, like, yeah. yeah. yeah that's true. I'm going to still play him tomorrow in the club. But, yeah. You know, nah, hey, Drake, listen, I'm gonna play him, Drake, but, I think yeah. Drake is good. I, I talk shit, but I think Drake makes, uh, like I said, I think he makes easily digestible music, and that's not a bad thing. We all eat snacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to just eat fucking three hard meals every day with no snacks in between. I feel like he's the snack in between. And if he's your favorite snack, nigga, turn up. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you That's not to eat the fudge rounds. Yeah. Eat the fudge rounds, nigga. I hope you get diabetes and die. But I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Chill. <laughs> Chill. I went too yeah, far. Love I, it. I, you, you do realize that I caught myself in the middle of that. I was like, damn, I feel like you're going too far, B. But I had already said it. That's all I'm saying. You already it's, said, it's, it's already, already out there, there now. It's already out there. I can't, it's can't take it back. It's, it's can't delete there. it. They didn't give me an edit button. It's like Twitter. It's no delete. No delete button. Oops. Hey, t- tweets Oopsies. are not long, but we still Oops. see it. We can still see it. So, hey. Except, hey. Oh, my. It's still there. Oh, no. Hey. I found it. Oh, no. I'm in Twombo. Hey. No, I, I get my ass kicked by a Drake fan, I deserve it. Drake fans going to find you. They, they out oh, there. Oh, they're going to find you. They're they, going to find you. They're they looking for me right now. They're not as bad as, they're not as, bad as <laughs> Nicki Minaj fans. It's not, it's not, it's not the Nicki fans. We ain't there yet. Not it's yet. not barbs. You said something not about, about yet. that. Yeah, no, it's just it's, it's not a quite lot of, there. It's a lot of very. It's I've seen it. I've seen a lot of guys. You know, you hating on Drake. Like, yeah. Whatever. I mean, so they don't defend him. They've been on my head a couple times. Yeah, so I mean, I just I, I know. I about mean, it, so. you know, I don't yeah. care. I don't have any. I don't have any music. I don't have any music idols that I'm willing to go to bat for. If you told me yeah. that uh, Luther Vandross was whack as fuck and he couldn't sing, I would just look at you and go, "Wow, man, I feel like." We need more two parent homes or what? I'm not going. I'm not going to fight this nigga. Clearly, he's yeah. missed Real. something. You know what I mean? Some. I'm not going to yeah. argue with you on the internet about Luther Vandross's ability to sing. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Next, that's it. So that's what I think. Yeah. People think I'm wrong about. You know what I mean? Drake. They could. They could ignore me, but they won't. They can't. Because that's who Drake makes music for. Niggas that be in their feelings all the time. <laughs> he make music for niggas yes. that wake up in their feelings. Nothing is even happening. Nigga ain't even got no girlfriend. He ain't break up with nobody. Nigga woke up. Man, the world is very tough. Shut your droopy, <laughs> hooray, hooray ass up, man. That's hey. why I talk so aggressive to them niggas because I know that they was mad before they heard my voice. They didn't even, it ain't me. It's hey, not me they mad at. You brought it out, though. You, you called them out for it. Yeah, so. it's not me. It it's the, it's the so. too many It's too many soy burgers, man. It's the, listen, man, y'all be careful. You get titties like that. And if you don't want titties, stop eating all that <laughs> soy. I don't. Ha- I like titties, so if you, by all means, go get as many titties as you want. I'm just saying, I don't think a lot of niggas know that Drake music make you grow titties. I ain't never heard that. <laughs> Ooh, they gonna be, they gonna be angry. They ought to be hated. They ought to be hated at this. So. I hate him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that old they nigga. Are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. They gonna be ready. I appreciate outside. you all day for that. I appreciate you. And Mom, it's always all- a pleasure. So once again, Felonius, I appreciate you for rocking with us um, on Behind the Wheels. You know, you're free to come back, you know, whenever you want to. Anytime. Whenever we need to have you back. We need you back for real. So, all right, EB, it's that time, you know. It's that I time mean, for that. Uh, let's do it. Let's, it's let's, the time for you to lose. I ain't losing nothing but some but some uh, hair, and I ain't lost that yet. So, look, I'm, so, <laughs> so check, check this out, everyone who's listening. This is... Uh, the beat match portion of, of our episode. Each and every episode, we ended off with the beat match. We take two artists, producers, songs, albums, eras, labels, whatever it is, cousins, whatever we have, we compare it. You know, we take them, we, we pick sides, and we compare them, uh, debate them for three minutes apiece, and then, you know, we 
let it we let our producers melissa and the lady judge it and say who comes out on top so for this episode's beat match i think we should do something different so we've been trying to figure out some things with the labels i know that especially after seeing the whole diddy and jd thing like right. i feel like as much as i rock with jd i feel like bad boy would take that if it was bad boy and so so death like yeah and, and, yeah and, and as talented as jd is and yeah. so so deaf is they bad boy it's still they still got it yeah bad boy got that one so there's no point doing that one but i feel like i mean all these labels out here of course i love death row but death row is not gonna really beat nobody because they only had that four-year period really so i feel like some of the legendary ones that we've talked about have been like you know the uptowns and the and the Def Jams and these types and the real ones. Yeah, and with that, you know, Def Jam to me is just the king of it all. You know, regardless of what you know, one of the creators was about. You know, I feel we like don't got to talk about that. We ain't got to talk, talk about that. that. We ain't got to get into it. But you know, I always roll with Def Jam because they they had so much from the '80s all the way up. So I always roll with Def Jam. So who would you roll with if we had to pick between Uptown and Def Jam? Listen, I am an Andre Harrell fan of the day I die. Uptown for life. So it's always Uptown over here. Always. I mean, salute to him, but I, I mean, <laughs> it's Dev. Look, all right, so we're going to get into it. We're going to have our our times to go. We go back and forth, and then, you know, it'll be judged. We'll see who comes out on top. So EB is my co-host, and there's our most recent. Well, you didn't lose it last time, but anyway. I didn't. I, yeah. I haven't lost. I haven't lost this season. Hello. We got some time. All right. So anyway, yeah, anyway, okay. as, as the co-host, I'll, I'll let you get into it. So why would you pick Uptown over Def Jam? I'm curious about this one. All right. I mean, just strictly st- speaking from an objective standpoint, Uptown revolutionized black music in the 90s, the way that Motown did in the 60s, the way that Philadelphia International did in the 70s, and the way that Taboo did the beginning of the 80s. Um, as Questlove put it, for hip hop, if Def Jam was the art form, Bad Boy was the attitude, Death Row was the muscle, but without even knowing it, Uptown was always the party. And mm-hmm. what he meant by that was everything Uptown brought, it was the sound of young black America. It was a jam. It was... It was everything that was black and beautiful. I think people love Def Jam and I get why they love Def Jam because I love Def Jam. Def Jam's great. But Uptown perfected the model, the hybrid with hip hop and R&B fused together. Def Jam didn't do that. Uptown is also at its core, a black label started by a black man. Def Jam, even though people think it might've been, it wasn't, and I've talked about this, you know, <laughs> white Jewish men have owned a lot of black music and a lot of labels. That's what yeah. Def Jam was, and that's what Def Jam is today. Um, despite all the great music they make, it's what Uptown brought that was different. Uptown gave us New Jack Swing, and then Uptown gave us Hip Hop Soul and popularized it. I won't say they were the first to do it, but they made it popular that everybody could do it. Um, before Uptown, you either, you were on the spectrum, you loved LL Cool J and Run DMC, or you loved Anita Baker and you loved Luther Vandross. Like you, you were faithful to one genre. You didn't, you know, mix genres that much. Once Uptown came and we got Teddy Riley, by the way, Teddy Riley, again, Teddy Riley, and you get New Jack Swing and you get 
the Jodeces, the Heavy D's, the Mary J. Blige's, the Al B. Shores, the Christopher Williams. It was a rap. Uptown was based in black music. You know, Def Jam, on the other hand, their first release was actually a punk rock record. So it it, it wasn't really the same. But um, it's almost ancestral what Uptown did. Like you have Jodeci pulling from like commission and that gospel sound. And you got somebody like Mary J. Blige pulling from like Aretha Franklin and Shaka Khan and Roy Ayers, like those soulful sounds. So what they brought was blackness, but just to the 90s. Uptown had their own Unplugged on MTV where they actually showcased their live talent. And I think that if you were not already a fan of like the Christopher Williams and the Heavy D's. I get it. I get it. So, yeah, so I'll say this. I'll say if you if you took a five year period of, I would say that late 80s, early 90s, when Uptown had its, you know, its run, its peak, and just compare it just those years alone, I'll rub with Uptown. I would say that. But Def Jam is the foundation, especially when it comes to this of hip hop. So one thing that some folks might not realize is that Run DMC was not Dev Jam, even with that being, uh, you know, uh, Russ's brothers. But overall, Dev Jam came in the game and it's like so many of the classic 80s releases that really define like what, what hip hop was at that second, third, like early uh, generation, I would say. Like once it was developed, once they started getting radio play and video play on MTV, so much of that came from Dev Jam. That, that means the LL Cool J um, that means the Slick Rick. I mean, as, as much as we love the children's story and, and you know, and uh, Mona Lisa, those type classics. Of course, Beastie Boys, you know, as much as they might be polarizing or some folks now would probably call them culture vultures. At, at the time, nobody saw them that way. Everybody rocked with Beastie Boys because they they were fun. They were and they were actually rap. They could actually spit. And I mean, just talking about songs alone, I mean, Paul Revere is probably one of the hardest beats in history. Like it's right there with Todd Billing to me. And that's what Rick Rubin had. Rick Rubin founded that along with Russ. And they started in college, of course. And yeah, it wasn't, you know, only black founded and uh, or, or sponsored or, or uh, financed, I would say. But as far as what they did, they made the blackest of black music. I mean, hip hop in that era. Of course, they even had some r and B. I I mean, love it or hate it, they did put out that Orange Juice Jones, you know. You know, that, that rent at the end of that, that was hip hop. I mean, that was... We talk about Uptown, you know, merging rap and, and R&B. The way he was going off on that, that was how, you know, that's, that's what rappers love to do, just to go off. So we had that. But I feel like uh, Def Jam had a couple cold periods, but they were always relevant. So it's funny that even in 94, they were kind of saved by Warren G, which is crazy for him being an L.A. rapper. But the fact that they were open enough in that period to snatch somebody from the death row circle, and that was who saved the label. And then they kept going from there because even before that, they had... The Method Man album, they had Takao type albums, but from that point, 94, they kept rolling and they got even stronger and stronger. They gave you soundtracks like Nutty Professor, like Nutty Pro- Professor soundtrack. We always talk about Wayne Tiggs, Hell, Boomerang, Above the Rim. I always say Nutty Professor is top five, top six, right behind those. That's giving you Touch Me, Tease Me. That's giving you Jay-Z's first big single. It was taking forever to get Ain't No with with Foxy, you know, it's giving you Montel Jordan and Slick Rick, you know, I like, you know, and along with that, they gave you Montel, this is how we do it, which took their own artist Slick Rick's track and made it even bigger and made it a, a complete classic song, you know, and then I feel like Def Jam has just always been just a, a staple in hip hop where as soon as you see, you see the logo, you're thinking about all these rappers that came, like late 90s, they gave you the biggest rapper in 98 with DMX, like, you get to that level, like, how can you compete with that? And 
Speaking of R&B, they didn't do as much impact. Okay. Back to you. Back to you. All right. No, you you make good points. You, you talked about um, them giving us a great soundtrack. Uptown gave us Strictly Business. Like, they gave us Halle Berry's first starring role. They gave us Mary J. Blige being introduced to the world via soundtrack. They gave us New York Undercover in that a whole the Night at Natalie series where you got Aaliyah, you got Shaka Khan, you got SWV, you got all of these performers who were relevant now going back and recording this classic music. Again, they gave us Guy and Teddy Riley. So without Uptown, there's, there's a hierarchy there. There's no Andre Harrell, God rest his soul. We don't get Teddy Riley, so we don't get anything New Jack Swing. We don't get I'll Be Sure. We don't get Bobby Brown. There's no Puffy, so we don't get Bad Boy. That means there's no Jay-Z. There's no Rough Riders. There's no Murder, Inc. There's no Faith, no 112, no Danny D. Kane, no Mace, no Shine, no Locks, no Junior Mafia, no Lil' Kim, no Monifa. Uptown was literally the the blueprint and the training ground for all of that. It was the emerging sound of Black America. I think a lot of the people involved in Uptown, well, more of the people, are still pretty relevant today. Like Mary J. Blige is still the queen of hip hop soul. You know, Puffy is still a music mogul. You know, say what you want about Jodeci now, but they still gave us Forever My Lady and Come and Talk to Me. I'll Be Sure still gave us Night and Day. Guy still gave us Let's Chill and I Like. Soul For Real still gave us Candy Rain. Come on now. Monifa gave us I Miss You, The Lost Boys. Like, I can go on and on about Uptown. Uptown is one of those labels that for you in the early 90s late 80s to early 90s it really established the sound again of black america one of the biggest songs in hip-hop is they reminisce over you by um pete rock and cl cl smooth it was based around trouble t roy from heavy d and the boys that's facts and i mean they had yeah of course diddy and mary came from that circle but when it came to actual the releases and the artists from def jam i mean Jay-Z alone. Jay-Z is seen as the greatest rapper of all time. Like, along with that, you get the LL Cool J's. You get the ones, DMX, rest in peace, who was still, you saw, we were so hyped for his comeback last year. You get the the Foxy Browns. Like, of course, back in 96, it was was all about Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown. So you got, you got that. You got Drew Hill when it comes to R&B. Like, like, of course, we always talk about Jodeci and Drew Hill, but either way, I would say they canceled out. We had that. And you got the Music Soul Child, the Neo Soul. They hopped in with that. So they stay relevant for so much longer, and they still are relevant. I mean, you get Rihanna. Rihanna is still one of the biggest stars. She's probably the only star who hasn't dropped in years and years that we're still just waiting. She could drop tomorrow, and it's going number one easily because we're just so hyped, anticipating, waiting for Rihanna to come back. And that's that's Def Jam. And it's like, even with their missteps, because initially they said that they they saw it as, um you know, Sierra Marie being bigger than, than Rihanna, but they, you know, either way, they had Rihanna, the fact that they had her there. They had Neo. Neo was still extremely relevant, you know. Kanye West, as much as we can't stand him, the fact that, you know, and, and what he is now, Kanye West, that was all from Def Jam. When it comes to just the overall songs that, I mean, Cisco when he went solo, like, we had the Silly Thong song. I mean, that's something that all of us sang so much as a, as a kid, you know, that still gets played. You had those you had Little Chris. They had Def Jam South. When they went to the South, being able to reinvent themselves and, and continuously staying relevant, that's the main thing. I feel like Uptown had a great short run. They had impact that showed, you know, for the for the long term. But as a label, 
they weren't able to keep on readjusting. I feel like Def Jam was able to deal with everything in the 90s. The 90s was the most turbulent generation or decade for, especially for hip hop, but probably for black music because it changed every year and the sound kept on changing. They said, okay, it's on this. Okay, Drew Hill, let's, let's get them. Now it's Neo Soul. Now we have Music Soul Child. They always adjusted the same way with rap. So they're always able to adapt. No, I, and I feel you. I think Def Jam had a great run. Um, and the artists that they dropped were legendary. But for as short as Uptown's run, because Uptown's run started in 86. So from 86 to about 98, 99, again, the artists, you had Christopher Williams, like foundational artists in hip hop and R&B. You had Al B. Shore. You had Guy, Teddy Riley, Heavy D and the Boys, Father MC, Jodeci, Mary J. Blige. You had the Notorious B.I.G., Soul For Real, Monifa, Stephanie Mills, Rare Essence, Shaka Khan, Finesse and Sinkis, Aaliyah, SWV. They all have recorded for Uptown. They all have been at one time for one reason or another under the Uptown umbrella. And that's legacy artists like Stephanie Mills. But then again, newer artists like an Aaliyah. Like it's hard to capture this that sound and have it rep- be representational for everybody. But Andre Harrell was able to do that. And then again. I mean, I, I feel it. I feel like no disrespect to them at all. But the fact that they had a biggie and lost him because they didn't even know what to do with him. It shows versus with Dev Jam, they always were able to adjust. They, they they took artists who start off with them. Of course, like a player circle came with two chains and then they didn't know exactly how to push, it, push him until later. But once it was that time, it was a go. And I mean, even to now, they have rappers like Pusha T who are still extremely popping but everyone who i mentioned earlier epmd they had the epmd type rappers who made major major impact you know i feel like overall they just have sustained themselves as as just the king of it all they had a 25 year anniversary collection album six discs of music and that was like 12 years ago they they made they they could do it for the past 10 years it'll still be at least two discs they've had that much music out there i mean so many hits you had the onyx slams you had the ja rule the put it on me's you had the Ludacris, Southern Hospitality, The Freeway, What We Do's. You had the Neo So Six, Rick Ross, all those songs. He had the Hustling, Kanye Gold Digger, the Jeezy songs. You had the put-ons. Like, I feel like it's just in- impossible to even touch Def Jam from any decade. So I got to roll with them. So at this time, it is uh, about that time to let our producers come in and speak on it and let us know who they feel is the better label overall or who they ride with uh, in this argument. So... Melissa and the lady, you know, I'm sure as the running gag is, the lady has been to concerts. It's not a gag. No, She's... the lady actually interned for both Andre Harrell and Russell Simmons. <laughs> we cannot talk about the Russell Simmons internship because we are mm. we, mm. we got some litigation going with that. But you can tell us about the Andre Harrell internship and let us know uh, what you saw. Jesus no, Christ. Nobody. <laughs> Boom. This whole hey. episode <laughs> is a litigation. This is insane. Yes. This is a lot. <laughs> um okay so i guess i gotta go wait first again. which which of the two which have you been to more concerts mm-hmm. which label yeah oh mm-hmm. definitely def jam because i was too Obvious. young for uptown shows but because uptown evolved i've seen all those artists in puff and mary and so but yeah i feel like that wasn't quite my my error i was right below that um, a little bit. We know, right? I mean, you know, I I can't see nobody in the height of the eighties, but I will say, <laughs> there 
their impact is huge and their the ability to identify artists that are just so talented and able to have long lasting careers was amazing. Andre Harrell was amazing. Um, but I will say, I think I will go with Def Jam. Um, cause the, the, the longevity is there. Like the fact that they hit different eras, they hit different decades. I definitely feel like I saw majority of their artists on tour. Um, <laughs> And I mean, I'm just coming off of working at Universal Music, so technically they're both under Universal right now. Um, oh, wow! But but based on the argument, but based on the <laughs> argument, I felt like yeah, the Def Jam one is just it's strong with, and Jay Z is my favorite artist of all time. So, but based on the argument, I still vote for Def Jam. Got okay. you. Okay, all I, right. I can take uh, it. All right, Melissa, what would you say? Yeah, this one was tough. Um, both of you made very strong cases, and I would hear EB, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. But then DJ Artistic would come in, and I was like, nah, that's it. Um, and also, Jay-Z is my favorite, but I did not put that into this argument. But I got to go with Def Jam as well. Def Jam Vendetta. Wow. Hey, that's what it is. Hey. Wow. <laughs> Video finally games. a win. Look. That's really yeah. great. Oh. Wow. And look look at that. He's a comedian like Def Jam Comedy. Look at that. <laughs> he got the jokes. I'm saying. Wow. Def Jam got everything covered. Uh, you saying. ain't got to do that to me. All right. All right. <laughs> Congratulations on your win, sir. You. It's well. Listen, Def Jam is a great label. <laughs> I'm Uptown's still better, but, you know, <laughs> congratulations. Hey. I mean, look, you know, I, I respect and rock with Uptown. I love some Teddy Riley and Guy and all that. But, you know, it's, yeah, Def Jam is just that staple in, in, in music, especially in hip hop to me. So, had to roll with that. So, to everybody who is listening, that is, uh, you know, thank you for listening today. And um, if you want to, ha- if you have any suggestions for anything for the drop, for beat match, anyone to highlight for rewind or fast forward, go ahead and send us an email at behindthewheelspod at gmail.com. And uh, EB, where can they find you at on social media? Um, every social media network, I'm at EB for Prez. That's EB, the number four, and then Prez is spelled P-R-E-Z. So EB for Prez. That's what it is. And find me at DJ R-T-I-S-T-I-C on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I think I got TikTok. I ain't used it yet, but I'm on TikTok too. Uh, I might still be on MySpace, Black Planet, if you look hard enough. Use your Googles, all that. So, you know, I appreciate y'all for rocking with us once again. And uh, make sure that you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find our podcast. And Please. thank y'all for the support. We will be back for y'all with the next episode. Artistic yeah. signing out. EB out. Behind the Wheels is produced by Melissa D. Montz and The Lady Set. And the music is provided by Epidemic Sound.